All right. What's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Ladies Let's Talk About Sex podcast. I'm your host, Felicia, and I'm a lady talking about sex. And this week, we have a really unique and kind of taboo topic that a lot of people don't necessarily know much about or have a lot of information on. So we have Lexi with us today. Lexi, do you want to introduce yourself and tell everybody about like all of the badass super cool things that you've been up to? (laughs) Uh, Sure. I have no problem doing that. Thank you so much for having me, Felicia. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, So I'm Lexi Silver. My preferred pronouns are she and her. And I am a, um, oh wow, I'm a bunch of things. Um, Firstly, I'm an erotica author. I just uh, finished writing uh, and publishing my uh, first uh, actual book mating season, which is a collection of erotic short stories, mostly based on my real life experiences, some of which will talk about probably today at some point. Um, I'm also an educator. So I write lots of articles for different platforms, magazines, uh, talking about sexuality, specifically shameless sex, and also non-monogamy, consensual non-monogamy. And I do some courses from time to time uh, for, you know, different places like SDC, uh, Dating Kinky, and some other, you know, some other spots and more to come, of course. And uh, that is pretty much my specialty is talking about ethical non-monogamy, but I talk a lot about different kinds of, you know, sexuality, uh, also, you know, self-love, self-pleasure, how important masturbation is, and, you know, communication and relationships, any kind of relationships and how important that is also. That's amazing. And I'm so excited to talk to you about non-monogamous relationships because, to be completely honest, I know nothing about them. (laughs) And I really don't think I have anyone in my immediate circle that has actively been in a non-monogamous relationship. So I'm so curious about like the ins and outs of it, how maybe you got introduced to it and all that great stuff. So because, you know, the definition of, you know, a non-monogamous relationship is a little bit ambiguous, how would you yourself define it? And do you think that there should be kind of a universal term for non-monogamous relationships or do you think that it's like relationship to relationship? Um, well, okay. So let's start with the fact that when we talk about non-monogamy and in the, in the context that we're talking about, we're going to be talking about ethical or consensual non-monogamy and how that's different from regular non-monogamy is that, uh, non-monogamy could be two people who are, you know, in a relationship and one of them is cheating on the other person. So because it's not, they're non-monogamous, uh, their partner might still not know that what they're doing. So they're not consenting to what is happening. They're not consenting to the non-monogamy. In ethically non-monogamous relationships or consensual or consensually non-monogamous relationships, you're talking about the fact that everybody in this relationship knows exactly what is going on. Maybe not every detail, but they consent to the range of activities and behaviors that are happening. So I think that's just really important. Um, sure, there can be cheating in ethical non-monogamy, but I just wanted to you know make that differentiation just because we'll, we're talking about like. ENM or CNM today. So um, I don't think there can be one specific definition of an open relationship. There are a, a bunch of different kinds of open relationships. And, you know, whether you're using a term like polyamory or, you know, a swinger or swinging relationships, 
even two swingers in different relationships might not be behaving the same way in their relationships, they might be doing different things. They might define their range of behaviors and rules and boundaries in a different way than another swinging couple might be doing that. Uh, you know, different polyamory, uh, different polyamorous folks might have different definitions of what their different relationships look like. Uh, and it definitely does vary from relationship to relationship, just like, you know, other monogamous relationships vary from relationship to relationship. So um, labels are helpful, you know, in, in establishing certain things like polyamorous, you're talking about multiple relationships happening. In swinging relationships, it's usually a little bit more based on sex and less on actual relationships with emotional involvement. Um, so there are, those are just two definitions of types of open relationships that are pretty common uh, to talk about, but those can be different too, right? Like I said, you know, um, it's really, I think, just important for folks to be able to identify whatever their relationship means to them and whatever the rules and boundaries are in their relationships. The label's a little bit less important, but they can be helpful for, you know, talking to other people, like in saying, hey, I'm a swinger or hey, I'm polyamorous. Um, but the label doesn't necessarily identify what that relationship actually looks like. I don't know if that helps or answers your question at all. <laughs> no, it definitely does. And I think it's super important too to like be able to allow that space and that room for all of the unique relationships that can kind of come out of, of non-monogamous relationships. And I actually really love the idea or what you said earlier about, you know, being in a consensual relationship and then having a cheater and that's like non-consensual monogamy. Because I think a lot of people just assume, and even myself, as just like you're in a relationship and then there's a cheater and you yeah. don't really think about the consent that's kind of being broken in that um, relationship. So I love that you emphasize like a consensual non-monogamous relationship because yeah. I think that's super important. Yeah. And like I said, there can be cheating in consensual non-monogamy, a violation of boundaries, uh, you know, that kind of thing. There are definitely different ways that, you know, a uh, consensual non-monogamous, consensually non-monogamous relationship uh, can have a violation of those kinds of boundaries. But it's, it's going to look different, of course, than what you would expect from like a monogamous relationship. Because typically when you're talking about mon a monogamous relationship, there are lots of ranges of what cheating can look like. And, you know, something that we don't really do when we first enter into a monogamous relationship for those folks who are monogamous. One thing we don't do is sit down and say, well, what, what do you consider cheating? For some people, it could be, uh, I don't want you to, you know, like really on the extreme there. <laughs> I don't want you to go out uh, with your, um, you know, with a, a friend who you might have, uh, you know, a, a sexual feelings for, even if, you know, nothing will happen. I find that is cheating. Going to a strip club could be cheating. And for some other people, it could be, you know, kissing another person or maybe kissing is okay for some people that doesn't consider, they don't consider that to be cheating. There are different ranges of that, but in monogamy, we don't really talk about that. We don't talk about it. And um, I think it just deserves to be discussed, you know, when you are in a monogamous relationship, talking about what those boundaries are, what that means to you. That's no, that's amazing. Actually, that's something that I, as a um, you know, I'm still 21, so I really don't know much. But uh, looking back at a lot of relationships that I've had that have really blown up in my face, I think the one thing that I, I lacked on my behalf, and my partners definitely lacked as well, but what, it was communication. Um, mm -hmm. So like, 
in the context of non-monogamous relationships, for you, what do you think is essential if you want to begin navigating a relationship, like for beginners, like non-monogamous 101, what do we need as individuals to bring forward to have a healthy and consensual relationship? Uh, That's a great question. I think one thing definitely when it comes to entering into any kind of open relationship is firstly, you know, um, whether you're doing it solo. So some people are non-monogamous, but they might not be in a relationship yet. Um, Some people are non-monogamous and in a relationship. Um, So it really depends. If you're on your own, you know, what does that look like for you? It might be a little easier to navigate in terms of, you know, what is it you want? Because you only have to consider what your thoughts and feelings are about it. Well, when you're in a, a... when you're, you know, let's say moving from monogamy to some form of an open relationship, there are lots of questions that you need to ask. And there's typically one partner who is going to be the one who is, you know, more interested or curious about it, or will be the one to kind of initiate that first conversation. But I think it's really important as a starting off point to know what it is, um, or at least get an idea of what an open relationship uh, could look like from you. Like, what do you want to get out of it? Is it just a sexual thing? Is it that, you know, you want to explore, you know, loving other people and relationships with other people? Uh, For some people who think that an open relationship is going to solve your relationship problems, it will not. It will absolutely (laughs) not do that. Uh, Put that out of your head right now. If you have an issue in your relationship, especially communication issue in your existing relationship and you're and you're monogamous and you think you're thinking wow an open relationship would be so great it would spice up our lives and you know it would make us connect more whoa first you gotta fix whatever is going on uh between the two of you and i'm talking about like a typical you know uh, two-person like monogamous relationship here um you need to fix that first. You can't assume that opening up will help because it's just going to exacerbate all of the existing issues that you already have. Because to be in an open relationship and any other healthy form of a relationship you have to have that solid communication and a foundation of trust and honesty. You have to be willing to be honest, not just with your partner, but with yourself. You know, like we can say a lot of times that, uh, well, I want to be open because, you know, I think it would be really great. It would be a lot of fun to be able to, you know, explore different sexual scenarios like threesome, which is like a really common fantasy for people. Um, for example, with your partner, that's cool. Yes, you can do all of that. But But if you're expecting that that is, you know, going to be the be all end all to spice up your relationship, there's still lots of stuff that you need to work on in your own relationship before you open it up to the possibility of other people because that it could get really complicated and uh, you need to have that solid ability to communicate with each other and tell them what it is that you're thinking and listen to what your partner might be feeling and thinking too you know, sexual liberation isn't going to substitute for like 10 years of therapy. Uh, <laughs> so if that's something you need or if that's something your relationship needs, I definitely think that that's definitely a mentality to like be really cognizant of if you are interested in like opening up a relationship that was monogamous, maybe to a non-monogamous relationship. But I think the number one question that a lot, and even myself, because I've never been in a non-monogamous relationship, I don't necessarily think it's for me. And I think that's very okay. Yeah. Um, But the number one thing that comes up is jealousy. Yes. How do you cope with that? How do you deal with it? And like, 
you know, I feel like the type of possessiveness and like jealousy that kind of is ingrained in um, monogamous relationships is definitely like a societal construct and definitely like more ingrained in us because of like a little bit of normativity around um, like a monogamous relationship. But like, is that something that non-monogamous um, people in relationships face on the daily? How do they manage that? Is that something that like is just not innate in some individuals and innate in others? Like what's your take on that big question? Okay. So I get that question all the time, <laughs> all the time. So what you're talking about in terms of normativity uh, in typical monogamous relationships and what, you know, society uh, kind of, um, I don't know, like it kind of makes it seem like, you know, when you're with one person, they belong to you, that concept of possessiveness that, you know, almost not ownership. I'm not going to go that far. Yeah. But like, you know, back in the day, that's what it was, you know, like men owned their wives, their wives belong to them. So the whole concept of adultery was completely, you know, fucked up. If you, you know, like men could go out and, you know, have a, go to a brothel and, uh, we're talking about like seriously back in the day here. Um, <laughs> and you know, that would be okay. But for the concept of a woman, even looking at another man in a specific way um, was, you know, uh, they, they could be like stoned to death type thing. And you know what, to be fair, that's also true even in some other countries right now to this day, it's very unfortunate. Um, so Typically, when we talk about society imposing these ideas of what it's like to be monogamous, we're also talking about almost every single romantic movie ever that he's the one, she's the one, they're the one, they make me whole, they're my other half. This concept of not being your own whole person and having to have another person complete you. And also, so that also is super damaging, right? Because that's not accurate at all. When you're in a real relationship, a real relationship, a healthy relationship, you're two whole individuals coming <laughs> together, right? Theoretically, right? Uh, in a, a normal, like, dyadic relationship. Um, so I'm going off a bit on a tangent, but yeah, society does bring a lot of damaging, and media, some, a lot of media bring a lot of damaging views into what a typical relationship or real relationship should look like. But when you talk about jealousy, when you're talking about innate or, you know, all of that stuff, let's just talk about jealousy in general. It's not a relationship thing. Jealousy is an emotion like anger or anything else. You could be jealous of your colleague. You could be jealous of your sister. You could be jealous of your, you know, any of your friends. You could be jealous of a lot of people or things for a lot of different reasons. You know, maybe you're jealous that they got this promotion that you didn't. Maybe you're jealous of the fact that somebody else, that your sister's getting more attention from your family, you know? there. So there are reasons beyond relationships that we could feel jealousy. And jealousy is just an emotion. Jealousy in and of itself is not damaging, but what you do with that, how you react to it is what's important. In any relationship, you can feel levels of jealousy. Jealousy is normal. So I just want to like throw that out there. Jealousy is okay. What's not okay is you know, feeling jealousy, not expressing that in words, you know, communicating that to your partner, let's say, if you are experiencing jealousy in any kind of relationship for any kind of reason, and then holding it against your partner and building like resentment and negative feelings and not actually dealing with the jealousy on your own too, and letting them and you know, trying to figure out what it is that is exactly that is making you feel jealous. 
jealousy gives you an idea of some kind of insecurity that just arose, right? We could be insecure for a lot of reasons. Maybe, like I'll give you an example. Uh, I've had uh, co- I've had clients. Oh, I'm a coach too. I also coach folks uh, who are in uh, consensually. <laughs> <laughs> I try. Um, I uh, coach folks who are in consensually non-monogamous relationships. And uh, what I hear, what I've heard previously, um, is that you know, in a threesome scenario, let's say with um, uh, we're talking about a uh, heterosexual couple, male female, um, and uh, you know, a, another woman in this case. So that kind of threesome. Um, the the female was uh, the, of the in the couple was feeling jealousy because her partner was p- spending more time and more attention on the new um uh, you know the the woman who had just you know entered the the play space right um which you would assume is pretty normal right but um that is you know a very typical thing that I've heard same similarly the other way too right you know the husband also or the boyfriend or male partner being <laughs> jealous for a variety of reasons of the other play person who had just come into the the um, the play space um, jealousy is okay not okay it's flipping out at your partner and you know getting really pissed off and not being able to you know manage your own emotions within yourself or being able to say hey I feel kind of uncomfortable right now or I would rather just stop our play for now because I'm, I'm feeling kind of uneasy about it and then actually talking about it um, so how you react to any emotion that you are feeling is really important. So there are, you know, different ways to navigate how you, when you do experience feelings of jealousy, but what's important is being able to identify, wow, maybe I felt jealous in that threesome scenario because I felt like she's hotter than me and I'm having a bad day where I'm not feeling super confident in my body. So that is, you know, elevating my level of insecurity on a physical level, right? So understanding that and then feeling like, okay, but that's okay because this person is not a replacement for me. This is a nice addition for both of us. This is someone for both of us to enjoy and play with. So there are ways to navigate your jealousy depending on what is going on, but it really depends. Like what is it, what feelings are being brought up? What thoughts and ideas are being brought up by this feeling of jealousy? So I, I know that's like a super roundabout way of like answering your question, but jealousy is okay. Not okay is the way you express it. If it's damaging uh, to, you know, your relationship or the situation that you're in. No, I think that that was like extremely helpful because I think a lot of people, especially young people are still learning how to process and respond proactively about their own feelings and emotions and I think that that's a wonderful way of acknowledging that like everyone is jealous and everybody has that envy but it's about actively working through those emotions and being proactive about how do we overcome this as a couple so I think that that ties definitely back to your argument of like if you think your relationship is falling apart or you want to have fun you know, a non-monogamous relationship is not going to fix your issues because there's so much work that has to go into making this, you know, be a consensual and also healthy environment. Like you don't want to be in a huge jealous rage all the time. That's so consuming and not productive at all. It's just going to stress you out. Right. Um, No. So I think that that's super proactive and very interesting because honestly, I've, 
I'm, I've never been like a jealous person. I don't really have that, but that's, that would be my biggest concern if I ever actively sought out a non-monogamous relationship just Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't, I don't know. I think like our understanding of monogamy is like super ingrained in me. And that's something that I personally have to work through. Like it's, I think it, it varies from person to person. Um, but I think that that's super interesting. Have you ever experienced this type of like jealousy or even envy? And like, how did you personally work through that as an individual? So, you know, what you, what you're saying in terms of, you know, uh, you don't think you could ever do non-monogamy, right? That's fine. There are lots of folks who are non-monogamous who could never do monogamy. Like I know it's not for me, right? It doesn't really matter as long as you're happy, right? As long as you're happy and you feel fulfilled in whatever relationship you're in, I think it doesn't really make a difference. Um, You know, as far as experiencing jealousy and saying like, you know, you're you're not a a jealous person, I don't feel like I'm a jealous person either. And, you know, typically I'm very happy to like have, you know, my my husband go out and play, you know, individually, even if I'm not there. Um, You know, there, I, I love that. I feel what we call compersion, which is like a happiness for your partner, like being able to go out and do these kinds of things, um, which is the opposite. Like we like to say, it's like the opposite of jealousy, right? Um, but there have been moments that I have felt jealous, of course, right? And, you know, it, just because you might not be a jealous person, the emotion can still arise from time to time. Um, like I said, you know, sometimes there have been definitely times like I'm only human, right? That I felt, uh, you know, insecure or like less confident or, you know, not really just feeling myself. Uh, and that's normal. And moments like that, when, you know, let's say my husband would go out with somebody else and, you know, there would be those moments where I was like, oh, you know, I feel kind of jealous about it. Didn't prevent me from like, you know, uh, you know, wishing him to have a good time. It didn't make me feel like, oh no, I don't want him to do that. It just made me feel like, okay, you know, maybe this is something I have to work on on my own own, um, you know, is why do I feel this way? Why am I comparing myself to somebody else? Uh, Why does it even matter? And also, why am I not, you know, like, I know it's okay that I don't feel great in my body today, but damn, I should look in the mirror and say how hot I am and like, you know, feel myself, right? Like we all have moments like that. We're human. It's all normal and that's all okay. Um, so I just think it's important to have that like self-awareness when you are feeling emotions like that, that to take a step back and just like examine that on your own without bringing your partner into it for at first, right? Just to get an idea of like, okay, um, right now I'm feeling X, you know, I'm feeling whatever emotion, what might be the reasons for that? Sometimes, you know, writing it in a journal or speaking out loud or doing audio notes or talking to, you know, a a therapist or a friend or somebody, you know, other than your partner, because your partner is not your therapist. Thank you very much. Um, (laughs) You know, I think it's very important to do that and have that self-awareness and be able to recognize when you're feeling an emotion that isn't great or that is counterproductive, kind of like what you said before, and then trying to, you know, see it as an opportunity for self-growth rather than an impediment to advancement or, in, uh, you know, uh, an impediment to your relationship. I really wanted to ask you a little bit about, like, the LGBTQIA community and if you feel like or if you've ever experienced or had the kind of like an influx of clients that have been part of this community and felt a little bit of pressure to be in non-monogamous relationships or be more sexually liberated because there is this connotation that is untrue about the LGBTQIA plus community being a little bit more liberated in that sense. And I think that type of 
assumption is just very dumb because I think it goes from person to person. (laughs) Yeah. So did you, have you had experiences with that? What would you say to someone who's part of that community that feels that type of pressure? Um, Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, uh, there's pressure that can come from anywhere, right? There's pressure that can come from family family, from your community, even if it's beyond the LGBTQIA plus community, um, you know, even within the non-monogamous community, the swinger community, the poly community, there are all these little communities have their own different kinds of like, uh, in like, I don't know, implicit rules or ideas of how people should be. Right. And all of that, let me just say blanket statement is bullshit. All that's important is what you feel and what you want to do. You know, something I hear a lot in the swinger community, for example, is pressure for uh, for women who are who are swingers to be bisexual that they have to it's like an assumption or a you know expectation almost for them to uh, be able to play with both men and women in this community right um, and I say uh, you know uh, both men and women because I'll, I will tell you in the swinger community it is very heteronormative very very heteronormative um, And I will just say like, you know, as far as feeling pressure from within your community for anything, whether it's to be, uh, you know, in an ethically non-monogamous relationship, whether it's to, uh, you know, if you're, if you're queer, like, what does that mean to you? There are different people. Like I said, labels for me are bullshit because it depends on how you feel. Like one day it might feel, you might feel one particular way. You might want to express yourself in one particular way. Another day you might want to express yourself in a different way. Who is anybody to say what is right or wrong. So if you are in any of these communities that I just spoke of, or even just like outside of these communities, you know, the world is a harsh place. You know, you could feel pressure from your own group of friends to, you know, be in a a particular way or, you know, act a particular way, like, you know, in high school, right? For example, (laughs) like it's similar to that. I just say, screw all of that and just be you. So if you are feeling that kind of pressure, um, and I do hear that a lot, uh, it's a really good point to bring up, uh, just forget it, ignore it. You've got to do whatever feels right for you at whatever time it is that you're doing it. Um, you know, as far as like the uh, LGBTQIA plus community being a little bit more open, I have sort of seen that, but also there are lots of folks who are in committed, not, who are in committed monogamous relationships. So I think it really depends. Um, And I think that, you know, sometimes that's a stereotype of the LGBTQIA community. Um, Being open-minded doesn't necessarily mean that you're okay with having an open relationship. No, 100%. And, you know, not that the pressure is as, um, I would say, dense as, you know, kind of this idea that the LGBTQIA community is like super liberated and everybody involved in it is like super, um, you know, either promiscuous or whatever that, you know, historical bullshit is. Even me myself as a cisgendered heterosexual woman who runs two sexual health organizations and a sex (laughs) podcast, I'm actually super shy sexually in like my personal life. So it's, it's very interesting to kind of see that shift and even like with the individuals in my groups and my volunteers um it's a very wide array like array of you know people who are like super kinky and have been involved in kink um in the kink like field for years and then you know me myself just like more on the I don't want to call myself vanilla, but just more on the (laughs) reserved side of things and it's just a like a personal preference. So 
Right. Um, I'm glad that you brought that up because it's, it's super important and it's super, um, I, I just think valuable to me to kind of debunk that understanding and that myth because it's, I love that sex is super individual and relationships are super specific to, you know, the individuals involved. So I think that that's super important to, to acknowledge. Um, but just from your, you know, personal experiences, what would you say are the benefits to non-monogamous relationships and maybe the cons also, um, you know, navigating that? Yeah, that's a great question. So for me personally, and I mean, this is different. People have had different experiences opening up. Some people decide to go back to monogamy. Um, that's okay. Uh, some people decide uh, to go really far with it and become polyamorous, or maybe they're polyamorous already by orientation and they begin to explore polyamorous relationships. Um, it really depends on the person. But for me personally, I found a lot of freedom uh, in terms of my sexual expression. So I've always been very expressive sexually. Um, so you and I could talk later. I can give you some tips on that if you'd like. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I've always been very expressive sexually and very open sexually. I've tried a lot of things. I'm very uh, explorative. Um, I'm, uh, I'm very slutty. I'm slutty by nature. I'm not shy about it. I'm shameless about it. Uh, and for me, being in the ethically non-monogamous community, I find that there's more of an embracing of that kind of slutty behavior uh, versus mainstream you know, society uh, where I can you know, actually feel like I can be my myself. And in my actual relationship, I feel like it's really brought us closer together. Uh, you know, being in an open relationship requires so much more communication and to talk about things that you would probably never have discussed if you were in a regular monogamous relationship. Sorry, I don't know regular, but you know, a, a, a standard like monogamous relationship. Most monogamous folks don't talk about the level of stuff that we talk about when you open up because so many feelings and situations arise that you would pro- you would never confront in monogamy. So it forces you to have these conversations if you're trying to be healthy about it, right? You need to have those conversations. So because of that, I feel closer than ever to my husband. And I, I can tell you that if we had remained monogamous, probably these conversations would never have happened. Yes, I definitely would still feel close to him and there's like so much love between us. But the level of intensity and depth of our relationship now and our friendship and what we've cultivated since we opened up our relationship is beyond what I could ever have imagined. And both of us feel like this ability to kind of be more free about certain things. And, you know, being able to explore different people in different scenarios gives us a a lot of perspective on sex and sexuality also gives you more, you know, room to experiment. Um, So all of those have definitely been benefits. Um, Hard parts, I, I mean, look, every relationship has its up, uh, ups and downs. Uh, hard parts are like, for instance, like even just for me right now, you know, uh, during like coronavirus times, I'm having a bit of a hard time going back to the fact that, you know, we're both monogamous right now. Um, I have no problem. I got to tell you, if I had to be monogamous with anyone, I'm glad it's him. Uh, but, <laughs> but you know, uh, it's that's, uh, that's hard, you know, not being able to have that freedom that we were having before. Um, sometimes having those difficult conversations 
conversations where you need to be honest with your partner about how you're feeling, even if it, you know, um, makes you feel exposed or vulnerable. Um, that's hard. And it requires a lot of, like I said, self-awareness um, and that, you know, honesty. But um, all of that has brought us to this point where we just like, I can tell him anything. He could tell me anything. There's no judgment. There's, it's just, it's beautiful. It's really incredible. Like I'm very lucky to be with him. Like we are, have an amazing relationship. That is so cute. I, I'm sorry. I never, <laughs> I'm like 20. I'm in the like heat of like dating young men. Yeah, enjoy. Just, but it's awful. <laughs> there is no romance. Anyways, I don't want to, I don't want to be super extreme, but you know, university. Um, yeah, but university, like I met him in university. And when we oh first met, yeah, when we first met, um, it was uh, definitely a bit more of a free for all, right? We were both seeing different people at the time. So, um, you know, it was definitely a very different state, but don't forget you're 21. Your brain is not where we're at now. It, you know, like we, I have like a, a, a good almost decade and a half of experience, like in dating and sex and relationships than you. When you get to this point, you'll understand what that means, but don't rush it. Enjoy that for what it is now. And, you know, avoid the fuck boys as much as possible. That's my only advice to you. <laughs> no, I definitely am not. I'm trying my best to do that. But I really, 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 really liked um, what you said earlier about having that open communication and feeling super, super close to your partner. Because it's something that honestly, I haven't been in like a serious relationship in over a year. But it's actually something that I see a lot with my relationship with my roommates, actually, who are just like my best girlfriends. But since, you know, we've all kind of evolved in our own sexualities and our own sexual experiences, the openness within those conversations, even just as platonic friends, has brought us so close. And it's something that I can't wait to share with, you know, a partner, because even if I'm in a monogamous heterosexual relationship, it's something that is still a tool that you can utilize. And like, even if you're, you know, you don't have to open up your relationship to non-monogamous, a consensual non-monogamous relationship, you can still have those really interesting conversations of like, what does cheating mean to you? Like, how do you define it? And it's something that I think a lot of us kind of forget. And then once it happens, you're kind of like, Ooh, I should have had that conversation six months ago. Yeah. But I really, really love that like emphasis on communication. And like yeah. to that degree, I think that's something that a lot of us forget, especially like young people too. Yes. Yes. A thousand percent. And there's a lot of intimacy that you can have in a monogamous relationship, but you know, often we kind of forget about those things. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think there are some really cool ways you can just have a little like more in-depth relationships. Um, a fun, a fun thing. I'll, I'll just give her a little shout out here. Uh, Shamira Howard of, um, I think it's called on the green couch. Uh, she has this really cool set of cards and it just, like questions that you would maybe like ask your partner that are so unusual that you probably never things you might have maybe asked on like a first date like trying to like probe them and get these really cool (laughs) answers so unique but doing that in a relationship where maybe you've been with someone for like a little while and things you might have forgotten about or you know um she has a great 
great way of looking at that and just making a relationship fun. Any relationship can be fun. Any relationship can be healthy and communicative. Um, if you put the time and the effort in to get to know your partner and to be honest with them and to be honest with yourself and to use that open communication, um, to really, uh, expand your horizons together, even in monogamy, you can do all of those things. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely think that's a great note to make because I feel like, you know, people in monogamous relationships and especially like heteronormative relationships, they kind of be like, oh, this is it. Like, this is all I have. It's not as exciting. It's not as sexually liberating, you know, it can be, but but it can be. Yeah. Yeah, It absolutely can be. Sex toys were invented for a reason. (laughs) Well, sex toys were invented for multiple reasons, but uh, there are lots of sex toys that can help you with that and can help expand, you know, and be really cool, uh, you know, for, uh, for couples. So if you're monogamous and you want to try, you know, to, to evoke like new sensations or try different positions or try different things on a sexual level, you can, do that. If you want to be more intimate, there are different things that you can do. And intimacy and sex are not the same. So I just want to make that distinction. Uh, you can have intimacy without sex. You can have sex without intimacy. Um, so, you know, you could do all those things. It's just really a matter of, you know, uh, willingness and putting in that energy. You know, I won't say relationships are work, but they can be work, right? You got to put the time and the effort in. If you don't put the effort in, you might as well not be in a relationship. No, absolutely. And yeah. bringing it back to consensual non-monogamous relationships, if you were to give, you know, individuals kind of like a how-to, like maybe someone is very interested in a consensual non-monogamous relationship, but they're at the beginning of kind of like their sexual liberation and they don't really know how to move forward, do you have any like tips and tricks or even resources that people can kind of go to to figure out if maybe a consensual non-monogamous relationship is for them. Yeah, definitely. There are there are lots of great resources out there. The thing is that people don't actually take the time to necessarily look at them or read them or watch them. Uh, I think that, you know, taking cues from, you know, mainstream media about what an open relationship looks like is the wrong way to go. <laughs> so if you've like watched Netflix specials that show polyamory or, you know, open relationships, um, don't use that as like a predictive thing for what an, it can actually be like for you. So uh, great places to get info would be uh, for instance, um, sdc.com, which I'm uh, the the media director of also. There are like a plethora of podcast videos and articles about uh, different kinds of relationships, even monogamy, uh, to talk about, you know, how to increase your intimacy, how to spice up your sex life, how to work through communication issues, how to work through different other issues that, you know, folks can have, uh, can have in, in different kinds of relationships. Um, you know, so I definitely recommend that. Um, you can check out my website too, LexiSilver.com. I have blogs and podcasts galore about uh, open or different kinds of open relationships. Relationships. Um, I also recommend for any kind of relationships uh, checking out Dr. Jess. So, Sex with Dr. Jess. Um, she's amazing. I love her. Uh, she's got tons of resources about relationships um, in general. And also, you know, uh, she's, she's great as far as, you know, um, trying to learn how to uh, spice up your, your sex life and add more intimacy to your relationship and work through the, through those communication issues. Um, oh my God, there's so many folks, so many folks. Um, there are also some great books to read. 
Um, oh, yes, nerdy people, come my way. I will absolutely tell you about some uh, great books um, that you can look, uh, that you could read and take a look at if you are thinking of entering non-monogamy. Uh, the Ethical Slut is one of them. Read that one. It's like the Bible, essentially, for a lot of us. Uh, so definitely take a, take a peek at The Ethical Slut. Um, Kevin Patterson wrote a book called Love's Not Colorblind, which is about race and representation in polyamory and uh, other open communities. So I would definitely uh, check that out, too. Uh, you can read uh, ASN Lifestyle Magazine. Uh, there are It's all about the lifestyle, the lifestyle being the open or swinging lifestyle. So there's a lot of information from folks all around the community who have uh, written articles uh, for anyone who is either a newbie interested in opening up or are, you know, experienced or veterans in the lifestyle. Uh, so those are just a few uh, that I would recommend. Uh, but on my website, I have a list and I mean, I have, I have so many links to other folks who have uh, already, you know, I've spoken to or have other, you know, websites and stuff like that. Oh, and uh, my new, uh, one of my other favorites is uh, Casual Swinger. So if you're thinking of entering the swinging lifestyle. It's uh, a couple, Mickey and Mallory, and they have some amazing tips um, for swinging. And they talk a lot about their personal experiences as well. Um, and, you know, things that went wrong, things that went right. It's important to hear from people, real, real stories about what may have gone wrong because relationships can go wrong from time to time. It's not all, you know, perfect and peachy. So definitely um, listening to those kinds of podcasts who are really, really helpful. Amazing. Thank you so much for all of that. And, you know, as we're kind of closing up, I just want to make sure everybody knows where to find you, where to find all of your work, because that's super important. So do you want to plug any of your social medias, website, your book, uh, where people can buy it? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So all of the information, all the things are on my website, LexiSilver.com. That's Lexi with an I, silver with a Y. Same thing for all my socials are under Lexi Silver. L-E-X-I-S-Y-L-V-E-R. You can subscribe to my newsletter, check out my coaching. Uh, you can get my book, Mating Season, Erotic Short Stories, there on my website. Or you can also find it on Amazon and Amazon Kindle. Um, so I'm kind of all over the place, um, which is great because you can't miss me. My ass is everywhere. My ass is literally on the cover of my book. So I love that. That's, yeah. that's how we want it. <laughs> So yeah, no shame. Like I said, shameless, shameless plugs. So uh, yeah, you can find anything you need on LexiSilver.com. And if you have a question about open relationships or anything related to relationships, um, I do 15 minute uh, discovery calls. So, you know, just if you have like a specific question um, or if you want to know if coaching with me could be right for you, uh, there's a way to, for you to book an appointment on my website for that free 15 minute call. So we can just have a quick chit chat and see if that would work. And uh, yeah, I love doing that. I love talking to you about your open relationships, about wanting to explore them. So come and uh, come and find me. Amazing. That's I'm so excited to talk to you more about this kind of stuff. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. And everybody make sure to go check out all of Lexi's things and her book. I'm super excited to ch check out that cover. Um, <laughs> I'm going to Google it right now, but um, thank you again for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Felicia. I appreciate it too.
And if you haven't already, make sure to check out the Ladies Let's Talk About Sex Instagram page for more information about our upcoming episodes, giveaway opportunities, and more of our sponsored products. Thanks for listening.